Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Well, what is up, Generations Church? I hope you're having a fantastic morning. Uh, I hope that you are gathered around your television or device. Uh, If you're by yourself, that's okay because you're with us. If you are with other people, whether that's your family or a watch party or your G group or your neighbors or a part of your serving team, uh, wherever it is that you're watching today, we just want to say thanks for spending part of your Sunday with us. The last day of May 2020. Like crazy, crazy that that's the day we're in already. Uh, I guess because of the quarantine and all of the other things that have taken place, man, I just, I just can't even believe that we're about to be into June. I really do feel like 2020 just started, and then a part of me feels like 2020's been going for about 20 years. Uh, but I'm glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I'm excited about all that God is doing in our church right now, and I'm thankful that you're a part of it in this season. Even as we can't gather together in person, what God's doing, uh, even in the midst of us and all the things that are taking taking place even as we're uh, separated by physical distance, but we're able to worship together through technology. Uh, I, I gave you an update this last week. Let me just kind of hit the high points about what our plan is for reopening. Uh, for us, we're in a little bit of a unique situation. Even if we were ready to reopen, which we would probably be in that window for us as a church, we are also in a construction season. And, uh, and so the room that I'm standing in is our auditorium upstairs. We have been in a capacity campaign to create more space to serve more people downstairs in the unit below us, and our plan all along has been to reopen into that new space, and uh, so as a part of that, we were on track to do that through Easter and maybe even late into April, and then early May, as things began to open back up, our supply chain for some of the things that our contractors would need kind of dried up a little bit. It took a a few extra days and in some cases a few extra weeks to get some of the things that they would need to complete our project. Uh, I'm happy to inform you that I think everything's on site now, and they are in the finishing stages of that, and so. So uh, if we were to try to hold our services in this room, in the upstairs auditorium where we last gathered together, uh, the CDC guidelines and our local requirements uh, would really require us, because of the capacity of this room and the way we changed its shape for family ministries when we reopened, uh, to hold about six, seven, eight services even because of our uh, inability to really space you out in a, in a productive way. And so our plan is to reopen as we get the final CO and reopen into that space. We believe that will be over just the next couple of weeks here. And so our plan over these next few Sundays Sundays is to gather together and watch parties. And I know that may not be the way you want to spend your Sunday morning, but I encourage you, let's re-engage community. Let's meet together with G groups for brunch or lunch and watch the service together uh, with families, neighbors. And I know some of you are doing that, and so I'm thankful for that. Uh, Snap a picture while you're there, tag us on Instagram and Facebook, and and let us know where you're at and where you're tuning in from. So that's our plan. We hope to update you with a more definitive timeline even this week as we get some things concluded and we know when that final CO inspection is going to be. And so I'm excited about that, and I can't wait to share with you all of our plans. Our staff has worked tirelessly over the last few weeks to prepare to welcome you into this space again, and I can't wait for you to see all that they've been working on and all that we hope to see done in this next season of ministry. Today, I'm really excited because we're starting a brand new series called New Normal. Now, as I was thinking about where we wanted to spend our time in God's Word over these few weeks that lead up to uh, us re-engaging one another in person, 
Uh, there's a lot of things that we could have done. But, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people over the last few weeks and months say something like, man, I just can't wait until we can get back to normal. I can't wait th- until things get back to normal. I can't wait until things are normal again. And as I've started to think about that more and more, I recognize that, like, what are we hoping to get back to? Like, what are the things that we're trying to re-engage again? Now, maybe, maybe some of those things are like you want to go back to your favorite restaurant. Maybe you're looking to get back to sports for your family. Maybe you're looking to get back to work. Maybe you're looking to get back into the gym or back to a routine. And all of those things are good, and, and I desire a lot of those things as well. But when I really started thinking about all of the things that we're hoping to get back to, I recognized that perhaps over the last 11 or 12 weeks, Maybe God has done a resetting work in in our culture, in our society for sure, maybe even our church family, in your family, and maybe even in your life. And, And as I think about my life and I think about the rhythm of our family, I recognize that God has done some new things. And in trying to get back to normal, I don't want to lose those new things. And so I really want God to do a new thing in me. I want a new normal as we come out of whatever it is that we are coming out of. And so some things like, I want some new priorities. I want some new relationships. I want some new commitments. I want some new schedules, some new routines. And ultimately, I want some new results. Because if I, if I keep doing the things that I was doing before, then I don't think I can get new results. It's been said that if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Well, I definitely don't want that, even though some of the things that I've gotten are good. I want some new things. I want God to do a new work in my life and for our family. And so I'm excited today about this series, New Normal, that'll take us over these next couple of weeks into some places in our lives that I think are important for all of us as we try to establish what God may want to do in this next season. And so New Normal for us today begins with looking at us individually, looking at a new you, and looking at what God may be desiring for this new you. Unfortunately for so many of us, our relationship with God it's kind of routine. There's some normalcy to it. And, and that's okay. Like, I don't want to say that's bad. But when I think about my own life, I think about, you know, I've got a certain way that I kind of engage God on a regular basis. There's certain ways that I read the Bible now. After walking with the Lord for the number of years that I have, there's certain ways I, I, I worship. There's certain ways that I allow God to speak to me or really seek out the voice of God in my life. And, and those things are okay. But what if in this next season, God desires to do something new Maybe, maybe for you if, you, if you've been walking with the Lord a long time and you're like a fully devoted follower of Christ, maybe, maybe you spend hours every single morning in God's Word. Maybe worship music is the only music that ever touches your ears. Maybe your prayer life is hours and hours and hours. You literally pray without ceasing. But for the reality, uh, the reality for most of us is that, you know, our Bible reading plan, we accidentally miss a day and then we accidentally miss a second day, and then we accidentally miss an eighth day, and then we look up, and in our Bible reading plan, we're 74 days behind. Can I get an amen from anybody who struggled maybe this year in the quarantine to find a routine in reading God's Word? Maybe you love worship music, but you also love a little honky-tonk when the windows are rolled down and the weather turns warm, and, and that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. So how do we engage God in a new normal in our lives? Because None of those things are wrong, but what is it that God may desire to do in each of us? You know, over the last few weeks, maybe you've kind of heard about the declining health and then the eventual passing 
of Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias is one of the most renowned apologists. That means that he studied and helped to deliver apologetics, which were kind of a defending of the faith, though that might not be a great definition of that, but helping those who were seeking truth to find truth about God, God's Word, and ultimately what they were supposed to do with their lives. Well, uh, Dr. Zacharias said this. He said, Jesus Christ didn't come into the world to make bad people good. He came into the world to make dead people live. He came into the world to make dead people live. I think for so many of us, our goal in our relationship with God is just to be good. It's just to be better, better versions of who we used to be, not to make the same mistakes we used to make, not to do the same things we used to do. And so we're just constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to be gooder, right? Just to be better than we were. But ultimately what we understand is that God wasn't just sending Jesus to the earth to live a blameless life and to go to the cross so that he could die for us to be good or to even be better versions of our previous selves. But he was coming to the earth to live and then to die on our behalf because we were dead in our sin. And so often, if I'm not careful, I miss that part. I lose the grasp that sin caused me to be dead. Sin wasn't just some little white lie. Sin wasn't just some little thing or even big thing that was bad and I should do good. Sin was death. Sin was separation from God. And so that separation means that I would spend eternity away from God. And yet God chose, out of his love and compassion for us, God chose to send Jesus Christ to the earth to change the trajectory of my life for eternity and to bring life to me so that I could come out of the death that was on me. We were dead in our sin. And so what is it that God had in mind? The God that created the heavens and the earth, the God that formed the universe had, had a, a plan in mind for you and for me. And that plan was that we would be a new creation. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away, it says. I think some of us today, we need to let some things pass away. There's some habits and some relationships and some thought patterns and some of those things that are going on in our lives. We need to have a funeral for those things. We need to let them pass away. We need to dig a grave and bury those things so that we can truly embrace the new that God has for us, this new normal, this new creation that he desires for each of our lives. And what I believe, because I've seen it to be true in my life, is that I cannot grab a hold of the new that God desires for me if I'm still trying to hold on to the old ways of living, the old thoughts and the old habits and the old patterns that I've had for my life. I can't hold on to those old things and truly grasp the new things that God is trying to do in me. If we want to, to have a new normal and to see a new normal in our lives, then we have to see ourselves as a new creation. The Apostle Paul, he unpacked this even further in the letter that he was writing to the church uh, there that we, we would call this letter Galatians. And, and, and as he's talking to them, he's helping them to understand a theological issue that was dividing the church. Up to the book of Acts, there was this covenant people known as the Jews. And this covenant people sometimes were referred to as the circumcised. 
because the male members of this Jewish people, they were circumcised just after birth, and it was a part of the covenant relationship that God had with their forefathers, and so it was a part of the sign that they were in covenant relationship with God themselves. And so faith was really about doing all the works, doing the law, keeping their hearts circumcised to match the physical act of circumcision, which was really just about keeping all of the laws of the Old Testament. We come to the book of Acts, and what we see is now the gospel is awakened to the Gentile people, these uncircumcised people, these people who did not necessarily follow the law. They were not in covenant relationship with God, and yet they could be saved through faith and not by works, and it was dividing the church. And so when Paul is writing to this church in the letter of Galatians, this is what he says in Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 15. He said, it doesn't matter whether you've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether you have been transformed into a new creation. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. They are the new people of God. Did you catch what he said there? He said, listen, it's not about your normal routine. It's not about your keeping of the law. It's not about circumcision or not. It's not about how much you read the Bible or not. It's not about how much you go to church or not. All of those things are good, but they are not what save you. What saves you is the work of Jesus Christ, which should transform you, which should literally make you a new people. It should literally make you a new creation. Letting go and letting God literally transform you and reform you into something, something brand new, is all about releasing the past, releasing our routines, and embracing all that God has for us. Here's what I believe, because I've seen it to be true in my own life. The old you can never be holy. The old you can never be holy. To truly be holy and righteous, which just means to take on the righteousness of Christ, the completed work that he did on the cross, for us to embrace that and allow that to be our identity as well. We cannot hold on to the old us. We have to embrace a new normal, a new creation in our lives. Paul writes one other letter where he addresses this idea. There's several other places in the New Testament specifically that talk about this. But in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, this is what he says. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The old you is corrupted. The old you is corrupted. Now, I don't know what that word corrupted brings to mind for you, But when I think about that word, what I think about is I think about my old MacBook. I had a MacBook a couple of years ago that I loved, and I I mean it. Like, it was was my baby. I took it with me everywhere that I went, and and I did a lot of work, and I did a lot of writing, and I I wrote a book on that laptop, and, and I did a lot of sermon writing on that laptop, and some of our family photos were stored on that laptop, and, and there were just a lot of things that I had done, and, and again, it was, it was my baby. Now, thankfully, I also utilized the cloud, and so uh, most everything that was on that laptop was stored somewhere else. But one night, I remember right where I was at. I was laying on my bed, kind of across the end of my bed, and 
I was typing something, just working on something. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience with any kind of technology in your life, but as I'm typing away and just, just going to work, all of a sudden, what I'm typing completely stops. My computer freezes. The screen goes like a white, grayish color, and I get a lot of different figures and, and alphanumeric codes on there, most of which I could not uh, understand what they meant. But somewhere on one of those lines said something about a hard drive corruption. I thought, oh, that's not a good word. And so I did what only I knew to do. I tried to hold down the power button to see if I could reboot the thing, if that would fix whatever corruption there was, and it wouldn't. And so then I went on another device, and I looked up, like, how do you, how do you get rid of this hard drive corruption? Like, how do you reboot this thing? And, and so I did all the steps. I held down, you know, you got to have, like, 12 fingers. you got to hold down all the different buttons as the thing's rebooting, and, and it gets you to this, you know, workaround system. And it would work for a little while, but before it would ever get completed with that process, I would get back to that white screen that eventually said somewhere on the screen, hard drive corruption. Well, I was brokenhearted because this was my baby, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I made an appointment to the Apple store, and I drove to the Apple store, and I walked in. And I mean, I just kind of walked in with my tail tucked between my legs, and I just held it out to the guy, and I was like, it's corrupt. I don't know what to do with this. And so he took it, and he, he started working on it, and he came back to me a few minutes later with great news. I was 100% right. It was corrupted, and it couldn't be fixed. And the only way for them to fix the MacBook was to remove the hard drive and to put a new hard drive in. I think, I, I, I'm believing with all of my heart that what God wants to do coming out of this season of time in you and in me is to take some old hard drive out and to put some new hard drive in. Our old ways are corrupted. Our old thoughts are corrupted. We, we've been led astray by our own desires and deceit that lives inside of us. And even if you say, hey, I'm a good person, it's not about being good. It's about being new. It's about being alive. And you and I, our old selves are corrupted. Our old selves can never be holy. And I believe that today God desires to make you new. I believe God is calling you to a new normal. I'm praying. I I promise you, I've been saying these words in prayer about you, that God would give you a hunger for his word that you've never experienced before. You would just wake up wanting to read God's word, read the Bible, that you would desire, even as you're just driving down the road in your car, like you would desire just to spend time with God instead of maybe turning on the radio or picking up the phone and calling somebody or whatever that looks like, that you would just start talking to God in your car, that when you go back to work, You would turn on on your computer or into your headphones or whatever you have access to. You would turn on worship music that would just be edifying to your soul. That the presence of God would fill your office or your cubicle or your workplace or your truck or your car as you drive around to do business in whatever context you do it. I've been praying that God would bring us back to our first love. That God would truly capture our hearts and when we come out of this season And all that we could have learned, that perhaps more than anything else, we just long to be in the presence of God. Yes, in a church like this. Yes, in a building. But the church is more than a building. And if all that you're hoping for is that you can come back to church, you're missing such a huge part of what a relationship with God is all about. When Jesus went to the cross, the veil was torn, and you and I had access directly to God, the Father. And that access allows us to talk to him anytime to spend time in his presence. We are the ecclesia. We are the people of God. 
When we gather together, it's like a big birthday party. It's just a celebration of the people of God coming together to worship God in spirit and in truth. But what I want you to know is that you have access right now to God. And God desires to make you a new creation. It's beyond just salvation. I mean, that is it. I I believe that. But there's also this this church word that maybe we don't say very often. And I've been saying it a lot more over the last few years. Sanctification. I remember when I was a young minister and I was coming up and they were giving me license and credentials to do ministry. I had to sit in a class one time where they helped define the word sanctification for me. And if I'm being honest, I was bored to tears because how they helped me to define it was 26 pages of fill in the blank, front and back. It was, it was mind-numbing. But here's what I want you to know about sanctification. It, 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 I believe it's, it's an immediate work. It's something that God does at, at, at salvation, but I also believe it's a progressive work. That God continues to do this cleansing of our hearts and our lives. That he immediately makes us new in the moment that we acknowledge our need for him. God, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. There's salvation right then. That God saves us. He doesn't just make us good. He makes us alive. We were dead in our sin. But then sanctification is also that progressive work where he continues to mold us and shape us. You don't immediately look like the the character of Jesus Christ in, in the way that we conduct ourselves. We still say some things we probably shouldn't say. We still do some things we probably shouldn't do. We still listen to things or watch things we probably shouldn't. But there is this sanctification work through the conviction and the power of the Holy Spirit that continues to draw us more into the presence of God. It's that feeling you get when you go, I shouldn't say that anymore. I shouldn't watch this anymore. I shouldn't go there anymore. I shouldn't stay in that relationship any longer. It's this constant cleansing of our hearts and our souls and our lives so that God can fill us with more and more of himself as we remove more and more of us from ourselves. He desires to make you new. He wants to remove the old hard drive that's been corrupted by deceit and desires that try to lead us astray. And he wants to put himself inside of us wholly and completely. And so to conclude our time today, I want us to look at three quick thoughts of how we can embrace becoming this new creation. These probably aren't super profound, but to me, they help me grasp and take hold of this idea of what it is that God is calling me to, this new creation, this new you. And if we're talking about a new normal, I think these three things are great first steps in that process. The first of them is this. Quit focusing on being a better you and focus on being made new. I've already kind of gone all around this idea, so I don't want to stay here too long. I don't want to re-preach the entire message for right here. But instead of just trying to be a better version of you, focus on being made new. Try to determine those things that really represent the old you. They represent the way that you used to live And put those things to death. There may be some relationships and some thoughts and some habits and some places that you need to bury because they're a part of your old story, the old you. And let's put those things to death and allow God to birth something new in us. Quit focusing on being a better you and focus on being made new. The second is this, strive for pursuit over perfection. Those that call our church home have heard me say this probably hundreds of times now. But God is not calling you to perfection. He recognizes that none of us can be perfect on our own here on the earth. 
But I do believe that what God is calling us to is pursuit. That we constantly stay in pursuit of relationship with him. That we turn our hearts towards him. That we acknowledge our need for him. And day after day, we're we're putting away the old things and grasping hold of what is new and pursuing him more and more in our lives. Letting go of those things that are behind and straining towards what is ahead. And here's the third thing. Don't let the enemy pull you back. Allow God to pull you forward. Don't let the enemy pull you back, but allow God to pull you forward. It's what I've talked about a couple of different times today. Letting go of the past to embrace the future. Believing that God has a new normal for you. What if as you come out of this season and over the course of this summer and leading into this fall, what if your life looks completely different because you've laid down those things that represent your past? You've let go of those things that are behind you and you strain towards what is ahead. That's what I believe God is calling all of us to. There's more for you. There's better for you. God has incredible potential marked for the days of your life. God created an entire job description for what he desires you to do, the purpose that he desires for you to fulfill in the earth. Your marriage doesn't have to look like it looks right now. Your parenting doesn't have to look like it looks right now. Your relationships don't have to look like they look right now. God desires more for you. You can be a new creation. You can be a new you. Not through your own efforts. Not because you can go from bad to good. Because God desires to transform you and transform me. I'm going to ask you right where you're at just to bow your head. Close your eyes just for a moment. And if you would say to me today, Jeremy, I know that my first and best step is to acknowledge my need for Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I need him to, to literally transform me from death to life. And I know that that's my step today. If that's you, I just wanna ask you to respond. I want you to lift your hand, even if you're sitting there with someone else in a living room. Maybe you click the button there in one of the platforms that you're watching on. It says, I'm accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you type it into the chat if you don't see a button. Hey, I'm I'm acknowledging my need today. I'm entering into relationship with Jesus Christ. We would love nothing more than to celebrate with you about the step that you're taking right now. And we want to pray for you in just a second. But maybe today you would say to me, hey, it's not salvation, but I I want to let go of some old things. I want this sanctification work to begin or to continue in my life. And I want to utilize self-control, one of those fruit of the Spirit. And I want God to, to see some things new in me as I really pursue Him more with my life. I want to say no to some good things so that I can say yes to the best things. I want sanctification to be at work in me. I want to embrace all that God has for my future. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand right now. Just right where you're at. Just lift your hand to say, hey, that's me. That's my step today. Maybe you type that in the chat. Let us know so we can pray with you. Maybe you click the link so that you can fill out a a confidential prayer request or the connection card so that we can follow up with you if there's something we can do to help you in the days ahead. Let's pray together. God, we thank you today for all that's been said and done. And I'm asking you now to hear the prayers and the cries of our heart. God, I pray for every person that's watching right now. I pray, God, for those who have acknowledged their need for you. I pray, God, for salvation in this moment. I pray, God, that you would save them, forgive their sins, be the Lord of their life, God, I thank you that you do the saving work. I can't, I desire to, but I can't because I just want to help people. But God, all I can do is point them to you and you do that work. We thank you for Jesus that completed the work on the cross for each of us. And God, I pray now for those who have acknowledged that they want sanctification to be at work in their lives. They want you to continue to cleanse them 
God, they want to more and more reflect your nature and your character in their lives. And so, God, help them to say no to some things. Let go of some old patterns and some old behaviors so that they can embrace the newness of who you're transforming them to be. And, God, I pray that you would let that be the reality in the days ahead. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And I can't wait to see all that the new normal represents in the people of Generations Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.